shake because Vince McMahon doesn't like men with their body type all right we got there that's unfortunate to hear honestly yeah I really feel bad for Tucker Tucker Knight ladies and gentlemen there's your obscure wrestler of the day Tucker Knight if you're out there listening please let us know if Tucker happened after you got fired (laughs) (laughs) if Tucker Knight is listening to this podcast I will Tucker like Go ahead. You you go. That would be the coolest shit ever if I found out Tucker Knight listened to this podcast. There's a few things that would be like a we made it kind of moment, but this wrestler that I've never heard of until right now listening to this podcast would be a we've made it moment, despite just now learning about this man. If someone I've paid to see as an entertainer listens to my entertainment that uh, I don't get paid for. Sports entertainer, but go ahead. There we go sports entertainer excuse me as a non-sports entertainer i i i dabble in this field um (laughs) right i think we have our intro (laughs) well there's the uh gripping intro for all you tucker knight fans out there um and you know we hope you're tuckered in for a good night because it's time for the podcast (laughs) We can't all be Otis Dozovich, and I think that's really the moral of today's story, Greg. We can't all be Otis Dozovich. This is another person I'm learning about for the first time. Welcome back to Movies for When, everyone. This has been our sports entertainment segment that just kind of (laughs) keeps happening. (laughs) Hang around me enough, and you'll get a few sports entertainment segments in your life. That's a Denny guarantee. This is how we're kicking off Season 4, by the way. This is Episode 1 of Season 4. How cool is that? God, we... I said we were going to be different. Last year was an off year, and I was going to put effort into this year. We didn't even put effort into thinking of our first fucking intro, Greg. I don't... New year, same us. I don't recall you telling that lie. I'm not going to I said it to me. I've been posting a lot on the Instagram because I've I've been wanting to put Mm. in more effort lately. Uh, At Movies for When, ladies and gentlemen. Some actually pretty decent content if you like toys, physical media, movies, us... So, you know, actually genuinely worth following. Denny puts a lot of effort into it, and then I forget that we have a Twitter account sometimes, so... It's okay. I do, too. And so do our six followers. So... Uh, you know, Don Denham will uh, tag us and stuff, and I'll be like, hell yeah. Nice. He knows we exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're kicking off Season 4 not only with a bad intro. That feels very rushed. We're actually starting it off with a new theme, Denny. This was... Um, mm-hmm kind of a spinoff of one of your ideas that i forced into making a fully cohesive idea what are we starting the year off with um this is movies for when you've got too many stories is that what we decided on yes perfect yes, yes. it is an anthology theme uh i am a weird uh, me and vanessa i've never met 
any other anthology heads, so to speak. But we like we love anthologies. I've seen I've seen some of the best. I've seen some of the worst. And uh, I was really excited to do this theme. And Greg was uh, delighted to play. Katie Willing to do the theme. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're the only anthology head on the podcast, so... I don't know that there are anthology heads. <laughs> While true, we have covered a lot of anthologies on this podcast. We did Trick or Treat, we did The Animatrix, and we yes. did The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. We did, we did, and uh, those are all pretty solid ones. I, uh, Trick or Treat's my favorite, and... Uh... I just love, uh, like, for real, the reason I love anthologies and would want to do a theme like this is because each short gets to exploit some different rules that you have in short film. You know, like, we don't yeah. need to stick with these characters as long, so you can do things you might not get away with because you'd lose audience investment in a character's arc in a, in a feature, you know? And so I, I feel like you get a different kind of story uh, when you're working with a short film, and... Uh, and again, there's less rules, it's less predictable, because like, the ending to any of these shorts in an anthology can be, um, and then everybody fucking died. You know, like, they, they can all die, and that can yeah. be a completely valid and plausible ending to the short, you know, so... And, and often It just feels like anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I guess I'll say, like, of the ones we have covered, Buster Scruggs was probably my favorite, but only, like, half of them... <laughs> half of the stories <laughs> and to your point i feel like if we got a whole movie of just buster scruggs it would have lost its shine maybe after about an hour or so maybe a little <laughs> bit less but we got just the right amount and then maybe a really boring story towards the end there <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad well, i think exists. we can all agree that the animatrix was the worst anthology we've covered and that's our common ground greg i don't remember most of it if i'm being honest it, so it, it broke I, I have a few anthology rules it's something you kind of brought up with buster scruggs mm -hmm. uh and we're starting with one that i would say is the exception that proves the rule because i do think all of these are pretty solid um i haven't seen a lot of good anthologies with more than three shorts um you know like that mm -hmm. to me that's the magic number three heavy really? metal you have you, they vary in quality but even stuff i love like creep show um which i would love if we end up doing um i could live without two of the shorts in creep show you know um it's i i think i think buster scruggs could cut a few honestly um two in honestly, particular you know, yeah yeah so i don't know that's that's you know anthology fun why i like it why i think we'll have fun doing it why i, I think everyone's gonna have just a great little theme yeah, it's easy to ignore the bad, or at least, like, push it aside, and just know to fast-forward next time, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are doing heavy metal, by the way. I'm not sure if we mentioned that. That's going to be this week's um, film. We're going to call these films, I guess. Films with a lot of stories. Anthologies, as they were. Uh, but any other than heavy metal, what else did you watch this week? And I know, uh, I know of one thing you did watch, and I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually, uh, I've got a pretty solid watch list this week. Um, I watched, uh, the Rugrats movie, uh, cause we are watching through, uh, the, the show canonically, uh, and, and, uh, revisiting it all in order. Um, the Rugrats movie sucks ass. Um, oh. it is <laughs> shit. Oh, okay. It's an awful movie. The animation is terrible. 
Um, it looks awful. It's like Polar Express kind of what the fuck technology even was this? It's uh -oh. clearly between two things, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I did not like it. Um, it is nothing like the show. The fucking babies are driving like a military grade reptar stroller around the fucking town, and it's there's there are some monkeys, so we'll probably cover it one day. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah, that movie sucks ass. Um, there's a few great posts where you can discuss the relevance of dill pickles to the larger Rugrats franchise if you want to get on our social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of our Instagram page, Denny runs that I don't know what the fuck's going on half the time. So <laughs> that kind of stuff is happening over there. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, unfortunately that one was better left in childhood i do remember thinking it was the greatest movie ever made when i saw it in theaters i remember uh, the you? poster i never saw it though i wasn't a rugrats kid because as we've said before no cable so mm -hmm. no nickelodeon <sighs> we we try to be patient with greg He's, he had a rough childhood you can tell that's right <laughs> um yeah uh i watched the one greg is excited to talk about uh although it was out of season i watched the holdovers yes. oh man yes you did i i've already said i i think we should do it for next christmas uh, i would love to do a whole episode on the holdovers i really really enjoyed that movie yeah i think that'll be our next christmas episode i have no issue with that because i I don't need an excuse to watch it again, but I can't wait to watch it again. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the um, one of the nominees for best picture for the upcoming Oscars, and it's like this is one of the few years for like best picture nominees where I actually want to watch all of the movies if I haven't seen them already. Mm -hmm. But like, I would recommend Killers of the Flower Moon to some people but not everybody i would recommend past lives to a lot of people but not maybe not everybody uh the holdovers i would recommend everybody watch i think everyone would very, enjoy it very accessible movie for how good it is you know for like i feel like so many best pictures are like most people would consider them like alienating you know they don't agree with the critics on that mm -hmm. um but uh, this is something that like it could anyone could watch this. This is not like a, a high drama, high uh, buy-in movie at all. No, not at all. It's it's very unassuming. It is from I mentioned when I watched it the other week. It's from Alexander Payne, the director of Nebraska. It has such an unassuming charm to it that you don't realize how immersed you're getting into uh, the story and the characters, but. You know, about an hour in, you know, when we're making, uh, what is it, cherries flambe or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, jubilee, uh, cherries jubilee. Cherries jubilee. Yeah, yeah, you you realize like, you have this giant grin on your face, and you're you realize how much you've actually been enjoying the movie. It sneaks yeah. up on you. The charm of it sneaks up on you, and I think everyone would enjoy it. Better watch during the holidays, but um, putting it on you know this april wouldn't be like a bad time at all so i don't know about that well i don't know if i agree with that statement you're a very vibe focused like the movie has to match the vibe for you yes that's I, not yeah. necessarily is true that for not everyone. everyone is that not uh, i know nope. i thought that was everyone that's okay. not everyone 
right. it, it helps <laughs> it helps to enhance the experience for me but it is not a necessity for me oh it's gotta and it's many gotta. people i even have a rule when i'm watching shows if it's the first time i'm watching through the show i will watch the holiday episodes out of season after that absolutely fucking not you like i will not touch a holiday episode if it's out of season it's just sacrilege to me uh, right. but that's not important uh the holdovers uh I wanted to ask if you got this. Someone kind of pitched it to me this way after you recommended it. And at that point, two people had like made it sound really good. So I was like, I've got to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Someone pitched it as a uh, as kind of like John Hughes through a modern lens, um, saying that like there's some elements of uh, The Breakfast Club in there. You know, um, there's and this isn't Hughes, but there's there's a little Dead Poet Society and what what I took away from it the most, I don't know if you've seen this movie. Um, I, I saw a lot of, it reminded me of planes, trains, and automobiles, except they're stuck in one place instead of traveling all over the place. Uh, but it was the same, uh, it was a movie about a similar relationship. I thought maybe so, but even though they do travel, I mean, they just go to Boston and they're like, what, tw- well, uh, 20 yeah, minutes yeah. away, but whatever, uh, beside the point. Yeah, I think so. I kind of get those vibes. I I feel a little less Hughes in it and a little more not to be like a smart ass, but Nebraska, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Alexander Payne has such a good way. You know, you're endeared to the, all the main characters, but like there's just such a a way that he presents the background people. Mm-hmm. Like when Giamatti's just like sitting in the bar telling strangers like facts about ancient Roman civilization, and they just give him this look like, "Why the hell are you talking to us?" I feel like that guy can just direct anybody off the street to give like, not to make fun of them, but to like makes some some kind of thing like we just understand their disbelief in these wild characters and you realize how strange they are in kind of a normal everyman sort of setting and there's humor in that without making fun of like the normal person i don't know no yeah i see what you're saying and it's not just it's not just the characters it's the uh the environment they're in or the environment they kind of create for themselves sure um yeah, I was thinking about poor Alexander Payne today. Um, having seen Nebraska and the holdovers, I was like, you've got a male mentorship wound. You know, mm-hmm. like, you've, you've clearly, this, like, younger male, older male relationship, uh, you've, you've, you know a lot about this dynamic. You've been through a lot here. Uh, Alexander Payne, if you're out there, shout out to you. Thanks for making good movies. That's right. And if, uh, you know... Yeah, if we ever want to cover sideways, I guess we can go right ahead. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm excited. You know, I heard, uh, you know, I just addressed Alexander Payne as an audience member. Um, if he's know, listening to this show. I don't want to get starstruck, but he's no Tucker Knight, people. <laughs> he's no, I'm sure Alexander Payne has listened to this show, but Tucker Knight, come on. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding here? All right, what else did you watch, Demi? Um, I watched, um, I watched They Clone Tyrone. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, it slaps. It's good as hell. I loved They Clone Tyrone. Um, 
absolutely up my alley. Um, obviously, it's a movie that speaks to the black experience and their relationship with media, and I think it's probably better if I let black people speak on what that means to them. Um, but I, I thought it was a great movie, very fun, uh, you know, it really in the same vein as uh, Sorry to Bother You, uh, to the point that I was like, did Boots Riley make this? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, dude, uh, They Clone Tyrone is... Uh, I think I was recently saying, I think I said last week that uh, that uh, When Evil Lurks might have been my favorite movie of 2023, and uh, now that I'm catching some I missed, I I, got, I might go with They Clone Tyrone, to be honest. I thought it was that Really? Good. It's fun, man. It's a blast. It's, it's, it's also the kind of movie that doesn't really get made anymore. You know, I... Uh, I heard a Quentin Tarantino interview recently that kind of stuck with me and, and made me look at a few movies differently. Um, he talked about like how American movies used to be really good at storytelling, um, a story that if fol- that unfolds and evolves, and uh, you know, like information is continually revealed as it becomes relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, what we've lost in a lot of modern American cinema is. Um, they're movies where in the first 20 minutes, you know, all the information you need to know about the movie, you know, and then it's events happening, you know, but it's right. not like a, a story that's unfolding. And so that's kind of how I've been looking at the stuff I've been watching lately. And they cloned Tyrone. I was like, now this is what my guy is talking about with, you know, like with, uh, the ability to just like keep me hooked and keep telling me a little bit here and there. And it just, it's so organic, uh, it's good as hell. You should watch it. Uh, that's another one I'd love to cover on the show one day. Okay. Cool, yeah, for sure. Sounds worth checking out. Yeah, and that... uh, other than Ren and Stimpy, that's it for me. Which okay. Ren and Stimpy rules headline, major headline, Ren and Stimpy is cool. <laughs> Sizzling hot take from Danny Taylor once again. The guy with a Nickelodeon tattoo. Likes <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. You heard it here first. Who to thunk it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll quickly go through my stuff that I watched. I wish I would watch the holdovers again, but maybe for next Christmas. Um, I popped onto the old Netflix machine and I watched a movie that was trending for some reason. It was like a top three movie. It was called Queen Pins, starring mm-hmm. our gal Kristen Bell. It's really weird because it's. A Netflix movie from 2021 that was suddenly in, like, the trending movie section of Netflix. I, it was okay. It's based on a true story about, like, uh, scamming using coupons. It's really hmm. weird. But, um, hmm. oh, shoot. What was his name? Hold on. The guy who kept getting his line stolen from Joey Taco... Oh my god, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, Paul Walter Hauser was in it. He's as enjoyable as always. So Yeah, yeah um, he's a blast. It was a decent movie. It was it was a worthwhile watch, but uh, I don't get why it was so popular all of a sudden. Hmm. Mid. mid. Uh, so I tried, Danny. I tried. You know, the Oscar nominations just came out. Yeah, I yes. briefly mentioned that. And like I said, this is one of the years where I want to see every Best Picture nominee and then like some of the acting category ones i tried to watch killers of the flower moon i had been wanting to see it since it came out i didn't i wasn't able to make it to the theaters for that one it's hard to make time for a three and a half hour movie when you have this is that how long it is it's three hours 20 
But, okay, just hold Someone's on. Someone's going to make me watch that. Bear with me. Bear with me. I tried to watch Killers of the Flower Moon. There, I got 15 minutes through it, and then Apple TV decided to take a dump that day and completely broke. And I was like, well, shit. I, I, I guess I'm not watching this tonight. We were in the mood for it. I was pretty upset. Uh, so instead of that, I watched... The Amazon Prime original Foe, F-O-E. It was F-O-E, F-O-E, not P-H-O. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> it's a sci-fi movie featuring Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal, uh, two actors that I love very, very, very much. But this movie was a real letdown. It was really boring and... I only watched the first 15 minutes of Killers of the Flower Moon, and that had more happen than the entirety of the movie Foe. Jesus. I gotta say. <laughs> it was, wow. It wasn't good. Uh, Have you seen uh, the prequel, Willemda? Willemda? No, I haven't made time for that one yet. Oh, it's really good. They say, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. What do they say? Yeah, I don't know. What do they say, Greg? What do they say about Willemda? Info. I was in Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe giving the the implication of your joke is that Willem Dafoe gives interviews in character as the Green Goblin, and that's what's so funny to me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna do the Northmen. You'll do it. <laughs> Robert Eggers is gonna make us huge. <laughs> I didn't know that you had a Willem Dafoe, but I definitely didn't know you had a specific Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I, had a, <laughs> I had a confronting his alter ego as the Green Goblin Willem Dafoe. The, you know, I'm real... something of a cinephile myself. <laughs> if I may. The, re the real gimmick of this podcast is Greg making me laugh my ass off by catching me off guard with really good impressions. <laughs> I no, And they're usually not even all that great, but... On, Shut yeah. up! They're phenomenal. <laughs> that, like, if I closed my eyes, I would have been like, "Wow, coolest guest ever!" Hell yeah! Sam Raimi's Green Goblin came on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do Hank Hill again? Maybe another time, folks. Um, but up. enough about William Duh. Uh, the the this does have a happy ending. This does have a happy ending. I I was able to get Apple TV working again later, and I did finally watch. The multiple Oscar-nominated film, Killers of the Flower Moon, and uh, it fucking ripped. It's so good. What a fucking movie. And I gotta say, man, three hours and 20 minutes, like I said, you <laughs> leaned back in your chair, almost breaking it. Because uh, I know I'm going to have to have an opinion about the fucking movie. Like, everyone's going to be like, when it so. wins Best Picture or doesn't win Best Picture, everyone's going to be like, you're the movie guy that I know, and I'm going to, I have to watch it now. I you just I need to watch uh, Lily Gladstone, basically, because she's going to win for Best Actress. But that doesn't matter. Kills with Flower Moon, three hours and 20 minutes that go by in an absolute breeze. There's no slow part, there's no boring segment. It all flows well. It's paced great. It all just melts time away. It's a very good movie. Very well told story. And it features two minor actors from No Country for Old Ben. And I was very happy to see them both. 
the guy at the end that's in the wheelchair that talks to Tommy Lee Jones, and then the yeah. uh, the guy that's the cashier at the uh, gas station in the coin toss Ooh. scene is in the movie. That guy rules. I know he's in this movie. He was he was also in Hateful Eight, but uh, this is way better than that. So I uh, to to close out the segment, I guess I had a. Carrie Mulligan double feature. I watched the uh, the other Oscar-nominated feature from Bradley Cooper. I watched Maestro, and it was totally fine. It was, it was pretty good. I liked it. It's the most watchable musical biopic that I could ever imagine. You know how I feel about musical biopics, because it's the same way you feel about musical biopics, Dennis. Yes. Um, I was like, I... That that was an insult to the movie for those uh, who, who don't know how we feel about musical biopics. Uh, Mostly negative, yes. the banner reads. But yeah, it, it was a good one. Yeah, I did away with all the musical biopic tropes. Bradley Cooper is just going going psycho mode on this one for whatever reason. He's he's pretty. It's he directed it too. I, I think he's good at it. I wasn't super attached to it, despite the quality I found in it, but there were a lot of moments in the movie where I'm like, hell yeah, this is seriously good filmmaking. So, the and also, the holy shit, the makeup and, like, prosthetics were unbelievable. Absolutely phenomenal. So, Maestro's worth checking out. It's on Netflix. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it to Denny, but I do think it is worth uh, worth the time watching uh, because Carrie Mulligan's performance is fantastic. And speaking of Carrie Mulligan, I mentioned the double feature. I watched for the first time in a long time, I think this is like my fourth or fifth watch, of Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, when are we going to get to that one? Huh? When are we going to get to that one? A musical that I like. They they made me like a musical, and it's it's the kind of... It's just so good, and all the songs were stuck in my head for like a full week after watching it, man. I, I love Inside Lewin Davis. I love the vibe of it, the atmosphere, the emotion of it. And like, the character of Lewin Davis, just the songs, everything about it, I'm just a huge fan of. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I should watch it more often. The bit part from John Goodman, stellar. What a what a picture, I must say. And damn, I'm all talked out. That's all the stuff I watched. Sweet. Well, <clears throat> shall we, Gregory? We shall. This is a made-up song. That's not in the movie. We're here to watch Heavy Metal from 1981. Oh, yeah. Uh, Denny, I got this as an Amazon Prime rental. Where did you watch it? Yes. Did you have a same l- same laser? Disc? I do. Well, I have a DVD, uh, but it's it's scratched at two really key parts, and uh, for a while, I didn't yeah I didn't have three ninety nine to just throw around all willy nilly every time I couldn't see the climactic moments of a movie I really liked. So for a while, I knew I really <laughs> liked heavy metal, but I actually like. <laughs> I missed some segments of the of the finale. Um, so yeah, I rented it um, on Amazon Prime as well. Well, hell yeah. Okay, that's how we got there. Now, Denny, Heavy Metal, this was your pick for Movies for Win. You've got too many yes. stories. Um, 
I'll kick us off with the critical review of the week, and you can tell me about how you came across this movie. That's cool, cool. with you. Mm-hmm. Our critical review of the week this week, this user gave Heavy Metal a 1 out of 10 and said, only a 1 out of 10, I'm sorry. Like a doodle on the trapper keeper of a fat, smelly nerd brought to life. If you like tits, swords, and women with tits holding swords, this is the movie for you. And that's that. That's a one. That sounds like at least a seven. Yeah, a lot of the reviews were stuff. <laughs> a lot of the reviews were stuff like that, and you're like, okay, cool, sounds great. Yeah. Parts of that were supportive uh, of, <laughs> of our lifestyle. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm smelly, but... Yeah, I'm definitely a nerd that likes tits and swords and trapper keepers. Doesn't everybody? It's it's a part of everybody in some way. Like somewhere deep inside of you, this fat nerd exists. Yes. 11 degrees. Yes. Okay, Denny, what's your relationship with the heavy metal? Why'd you pick this one? Man, I don't even remember how I found out about it. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was on uh, Vanessa and I's annual list one year, and someone either recommended it to me or we Googled movies we thought we would like, and the algorithm showed it to us. Um, but really, um, this was just a love at first sight movie for me. Uh, it was one of those where I was like, how did I live this long without knowing you existed? Where have you been, my darling? Um it it very quickly became uh, not only one of my favorite movies of all time, but uh, one I was just down to watch whenever, uh, and I still am. I'm always excited to throw it on. And uh, mm. but I think when it really clicked with me on another level was uh, I remember I associate it with the the soundtrack with some drives to work during a rough season, uh, and I, I would use the songs in this movie uh, to kind of get me in a to get me moving, you know, in the morning to try to try to uh 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 what's the word i'm looking for muster up some form of positive emotion as i was uh as i was going through the hellscape you know so especially through being cool uh that one that one was a a bop hell yeah man well yeah solid relationship oh yeah yo um i i never this is my first time watching this one i had never seen it before you shouldn't be a surprise but I, I feel like I've seen this movie referenced a whole lot. There was a whole South Park episode where they oh. found they found a they found a way to use cat piss to get them high, and <laughs> it it made them hallucinate, uh, basically like they were in scenes from heavy metal. It was really fu- <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, and then it was of course uh referenced or kind of was the inspiration for the movie one of our favorites uh mandy mm-hmm. starring nicholas cage and yes. it, it so it's it's a movie i've always known about like i've seen the poster a bunch like i've heard the name i've seen like the animation style and you know heard of it being referenced like a whole bunch but i just i never got around to actually watching it i don't think i actually knew it was like an anthology uh, my understanding, this is based on like a magazine series or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was basically like a, a sci-fi fantasy. Like from what I understand, it was like kind of somewhere between a, a novel and a comic, kind of pulpy, but with uh, you know cyborg tits and and goblins, you know. Um, so that's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, these are a few of my favorite things. Um... <laughs> <laughs> honestly honestly I'd get a tattoo of cyborgs tits and goblins 
moving on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's our relationships with it. Man, I was, um... I was fully enthralled with the vibe of this movie. I think that's why you picked it. I feel like this is such a Denny vibe kind of movie. Mm -hmm. uh, what say you to that? Are you just like, especially like current Denny, 2024 Denny? I, I, I would just, I put this movie and your current vibes together um, instantaneously. And I hope you take that as a compliment. Not only is a high compliment, but a sign that what I'm doing is working. Because I would say I saw this movie and I was like, that was a vibe to aspire to. You know, like, I, I am not yet there, but it is the vibe I hope to have. Um, and uh, you seeing me several years into that journey. Uh, several. God, I saw this movie a long time ago. I'm getting old now. I uh -oh. think of movies I saw in my late 20s as movies I saw recently. Um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so what was I saying before I confronted my mortality? Vibes right you aspire to. Yes. Oh my God. I love these vibes. Don't we love the vibes uh, in this movie? Um, no, I take it as a high compliment and it's, it's exactly what I'm going for, man. Um, it's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah. And, uh, and coming off the heels of the Grenny awards, Denny, you did text me about the, uh, this thing's a lock for a particular category next year. <laughs> yeah um early early uh early runner for horniest movie uh and uh that's <laughs> that's by a lot um i i've made a note about the horniness of this movie while we're on the subject it um, requires a couple of notes i would say yeah at, um, at least all the horniness is consensual i will say yeah I said, that was horny, but can we do hornier? Can we get so horny our stomachs hurt? Will we Will we see a movie that makes us so horny our stomachs hurt this year? I don't know, I, Greg. I honked for this movie, yes. <laughs> did we do a... a Sorry, I, I don't know if we did a summary or not. I, I got distracted. Oh, yeah. I, um, we did not do a summary. I totally forgot. But the summary, Denny... Because I know you'll get two in the weeds. The summary is Thank there's a, a green orb that finds its way to Earth and is uh, telling its stories of the evil corruption it has uh, inflicted upon humanity over the years to a young girl in a house, basically. So our anthology is a series of stories of the orb's evil uh, in its uh, interaction with humanity over several years, planets, space stations, galaxies, what have you. Uh, it spans a lot of time, a lot of space, and a lot of evil. And it's here to tell the story. That's Lochnar, the sort of one ring kind of <laughs> bad guy in a crystal mm -hmm. ball sort of bad guy that we got going mm -hmm. on here. Super, super evil, super spooky, that kind of thing. It's the kind yeah. of thing that you bring home in your space convertible and it just instantly kills you when you get there. That you're, you know the kind of trinket I'm talking about. Your stop motion space convertible, you know you think it's safe in the uh in the glove compartment or in the trunk or what have you, but it's just it's just not. It's not. <laughs> Don't show it to your daughter. <laughs> it may it'll help blow her. Up your dollhouse. It'll blow up your dollhouse. Oh my god, more on that later. 
All right, Denny, um, hit me with some notes. I didn't take a whole lot of notes on this one. I might need you to carry the convo a little bit more than normal here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, let's start with the cast. Um, I, I always get surprised. You know, there's three big names and a few other recognizable names, but uh, John Candy, Eugene Levy, Harold Ramis. That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of a who's who of the decade of comedy. And even, like, Eugene Levy is relevant as fuck now. You know, like... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, he's probably, honestly, more relevant now than he's ever been because, like, neurotypicals watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> but, um, I can only um, take so much Canadian media. Yeah. I say that no, as a hockey it's fan. No, it's no Goosebumps the series. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I guess. I haven't seen any Shit's Creek. I... I, I don't watch it because everyone tells me I need to, and I'm contrarian. I just, I don't know. It looks like a pain to get through, if I'm keeping it honest. I love Catherine O'Hara. I love Eugene Levy. I have just never walked by while someone was watching Shit's Creek and felt like I wanted to sit down. You know? Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> it's exactly that. I... You, you put to words what I was trying to express, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, well, I could watch Man. anything else right now. <laughs> Network TV catching some strays in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're happy for our, our kings and queens finally getting that bag after, like, decades of being awesome character actors. Eugene Levy and Catherine... Uh, Catherine I almost called her Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine O'Hara. Not even um, close, yeah. Absolute queen, star of Beetlejuice. Catherine O'Hara, my favorite movie. Slightly <laughs> different people. One was in Home Alone, and the other one is a Zeta-Jones. So... <laughs> that, was, that was dumb as hell. That's why it popped me. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I didn't deserve that, Denny. Please, please just go to another note. You deserve all that and more, Greg. Uh, you, you deserve all that and more. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool to see all those people in one place. Um, man, speaking of vibes, just that 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 MTV ass cold open of the astronaut in the convertible. Just mm -hmm. God, man, just. If you liked that, guys, wait till you see our Instagram account and the shit I've been doing with AI. <laughs> I've been making some vaporwave masterpieces for the world to see. I do love a solid vape. This is, yeah, this is like fantasy D&D &D vaporwave, the movie, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, which like, so like I, I don't really like fantasy as a genre. It's never really captured my imagination. Um I'll give, the, really... I'll give the bad news to Peter Jackson, but go ahead. <laughs> so, like, but seriously, Lord of the Rings are objectively amazing movies, but they didn't hook me like they hooked a lot of other people. Like you and Vanessa, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, I love them. I think they're fantastic. Um, man, I'm I'm good for a while after that watch through two years ago, or a year ago at this point. I, I That was, those were long. You know I'm ready. Feel about long I'm movies. ready to do it again. But yeah, go ahead. As you were saying, fantasy anyway, is not your favorite. Yeah, but I really like be, when, be, be. you know, kind of like when they mix the sexuality with the violence. I like when they mix the fantasy with the sci-fi, um, and then <laughs> and then when there's just a little vaporwave thread weaving them together. Um, it really is just such a specific vibe, you know. Like, but like, look at the shirt I'm wearing right now. It's like. <laughs> 
It's oh. from a website called Wizard of Barge, and it's like a goblin that's really colorful, and it says feelings on it. And I, I can those. confirm. I can see the shirt. Yeah. Nobody um, else can. And you mix that with a, a VHS hat that I'm wearing, and you got a vaporwave sci-fi fantasy man, you know? Um, I don't know. That's where, this is one of those things where it's like... Every time I watch The Big Lebowski too much, I'm like, God, I got to find another movie that's like The Big Lebowski. And you know what? There's just not one. So you watch The Big Lebowski again. Like, if Mm -hmm. if you're in the mood for The Big Lebowski, it's the only thing you can watch. There's nothing else that is, is similar. And... That's how I feel about heavy metal. I don't know if I'll feel the same way because I I did get some uh, because you liked Rex. I'm gonna check out. So so stay tuned to our what we've been watching wrestling segment. Um. Anyway, where are we? I haven't had dinner. <laughs> I'm starting to get like hunger brain. <laughs> uh oh, hungry brain. Uh oh. Mmm, hungry. Um, yes. Um sci-fi fantasy what are we even talking about i don't know it it sounded like you completed a thought i don't know why you're trying to continue but we'll we'll see if that's true upon re-listening to this for now we're gonna say the thought was completed and keep moving um here's a great thought greg what are your opinions on rotoscope it's a it's a controversial medium is that the thing where you you look into the tube and you turn the thing and the the images? That's kaleidoscope. Or... Sorry, That's... Um, I, I wasn't trying to to uh, concept drop. Rotoscope is when you um, you physically oh. film something and then you animate over the frames. And there's there's a there's a, a a lot of rotoscope in this movie. Not all of it is, but there's there's some. It's very obvious, um, and it's it's just some fucking loser purists think that it's not real animation and i say shove it up your pee holes but what say you i like it i am a i'm a big fan i like it it achieves this sort of uneasiness that you feel like you're watching something too smooth and real to be animated mm-hmm. and too otherworldly to be real life and it kind of leaves you in mm. a weird in-between state mentally that i like i really enjoy watching because like it's it's, it never freaks me out because i like i know it's you know just like hannah montana and miley cyrus it is in fact the best of both worlds so i'm i'm never like oh yeah you didn't realize she was that deep huh so (laughs) uh so my party in the usa is watching rotoscope animation and just appreciating the craft and just it i guess like some kind of purist would maybe consider it kind of like a shortcut like i could kind of get that argument but watching it if it achieves this intended effect that i think is always kind of gone for using it Mm -hmm. i guess i don't give a shit and i just wind up just kind of sucked into the not to overuse the word vibe too terribly much but like i'm I'm sucked into the vibe of it i think it's very interesting i think it's very um i mean it's got to still be labor intensive and all that but mm. there's just there's nothing else really like it is what i'll say yeah. so i i love the way you described it you know there's just like the hybrid nature of it it's uh no, I think it's cool. I honestly wish people used it more. Um, I, I gotta imagine that it's probably like 
the most expensive way you could possibly animate something mm-hmm. um, to, to shoot it not use the footage um and uh, and animate over it frame by frame um but i was actually looking at some of the techniques they did for uh, for making this movie and like a lot of miniatures were built even you know like on top of like just rotoscoping like the human actions they uh they built some miniature cities and stuff like that and sets and shot on them, uh, which I, I just mm-hmm. thought was super cool. Just some sort of, uh, again, like the, the uniqueness of this movie that I've been uh, going on and on about. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uniqueness. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't... I kind of felt the rotoscopeness of it. I guess I didn't really pick it out, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of more focused on, like, the environment that we were in more on i guess the character animation that sort of thing it did it did feel like i mean not weirdly smooth but you know definitely like noticeably not exactly hand-drawn or what have you Mm -hmm. but uh yeah uh hit me with another note what else are you feeling about this one well this is a real natural segue into i think the people want to know your thoughts they probably want to know both your thoughts um the debate that everyone is is talking about online yeah rotoscope titties or anime titties greg which is the superior form of animated titty rotoscope <sighs> or anime? it's so funny and why that is they it all... rotoscope <laughs> don't do that i i feel it's very interesting that they were all the same size in this one <laughs> uh were all of them the same size it sure felt like it it's gi- gigantic or nothing it was in my Trapper Keeper. <laughs> trapper Keepers kick ass, all right? Okay, brother. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Okay, Denny. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> uh, why would I ever promote something anime has produced? <laughs> so. <laughs> There's my answer. Oh, man. That one Zoomer listener just got alienated. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Holmes uh, another point go for back the to rotoscope tic- titties <laughs> go back to TikTok and complain about it um, did you ever see uh, The Color Out of Space starring Nicolas Cage I did not I did not watch that I probably just, should Should it's I? got me in the mood for cosmic horror of that nature you know cosmic horror is something I do love yeah it's like what's scarier than the universe (laughs) you know (laughs) like jesus especially when it comes to talk to you like (laughs) (laughs) hold it there buster like i don't know man i I don't appreciate parts unknown parts of the universe coming down to have a conversation with me (laughs) yeah i would uh I would love to either do a like sci-fi fantasy theme if we can find any other movies, or a uh, a cosmic horror theme this year if we if we could squeeze them in. I, I think I think they would do well. I think we'd have a good time. Um, I think we'd have a good time no matter what. But uh, where are you going? I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I'm finding a note that I made uh, to circle back to the horniness of the movie. Uh, mm. We may actually have to um, add a wing to the Hall of Fame called the Horny Hall of Fame or the Horniness Hall of Fame because, <laughs> like, no no movie that has ever won horniest movie was anywhere near this horny. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
is there like a super Oscar that we could award this one? Like <laughs> the Lifetime Horniness Achievement Award. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that existing at a certain point, you know, when we get to like our fourth certain, Grinnies. It's not fair to all the other horny movies, you know. It's like nominating all of this year's movies and Casablanca for Best Picture. You know, like who's gonna fucking win? It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh shit, man! It's just running laps around all the other previous winners. I gotta say. It's not that they didn't try. Mm-hmm. It's not that Clue wasn't horny. <laughs> Boy, howdy. <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> oh, All shit. right, so I, I've got some niche uh, weird stuff we do on this podcast that, that is actually very relevant right now. Um, Go on. I don't know if you noticed, in the background, um, in the 2031 timeline, which is the year it is in the cabbie short, um, mm-hmm. So that's actually, first of all, not that far from where we are right now. <laughs> Second of all, um, you may notice in that timeline that Jaws 7 comes out in 2031 in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Now, um, those of you who follow the podcast back to its origins are familiar with the hashtag infinite biff theory. And those of you who are keeping oh. touch... We'll know that according to Back to the Future 2, Jaws 19 is in 2015. So we are clearly in a timeline that is nowhere near as advanced as Back to the Future's original timeline. And those who follow the theory may also know that um, I believe where we last left Uh. off, Doc and Marty are traveling timelines to prevent 9-11 because the 2015 Back to the Future timeline is clearly a world in which 9-11 did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. We live in a timeline that is so far removed from these events that Back to the Future is a mere movie and part of our national mythology. Um, but when the real Doc and Marty show up, they will retcon our 9-11 and we will go back to 90s fashion, but in 2015. I think I'm following you. That's all I got to say. So, I overthink things when I'm manic. Um, but where where do these timelines converge? Are you are you in the Jaws 7 is in 2031 camp? Or the Jaws 19 is in 2015 camp, Greg? And what Jaws are we on in our timeline? My God, I've got to check. <laughs> yeah, you got to check because I think we're due for a legacy sequel. If I know anything about modern cinema. I feel uh, like we could realistically hammer out however many we need by 2031 what are we at right now denny (laughs) it ends (laughs) in the sixth movie in 1995 called cruel jaws (laughs) i've never heard of cruel jaws in my life (laughs) just call it mean shark what the fuck are you talking about jaws jaws 2 jaws 3 jaws the revenge jaws 3d jaws Sorry, excuse me, Jaws 3D. Cruel um, Jaws. Oh, that's just five, dude. That's just five. Oh, that's a thing I do, like, literally every day. Vanessa's going to laugh at this if she listens. Um, forget, forget how to count? Is that something you yes. do every day? Oh, no. Uh, yes. Oh, no. I think I have a learning disability, and I'm not joking. <laughs> um, but um, 
Yeah, Cruel Jaws. Uh, and that's 1995. So we are clearly in a just absolutely archaic timeline by either of these standards, if you ask me. The Jaws franchise ended in our timeline. That's how fucking hopeless we are, Greg. <laughs> we don't even... We didn't make it past Jaws 5. We only got... We're the only timeline that has Cruel Jaws and it kills the series. <laughs> um, two things on that. I... Like I said, I fully believe we could legacy sequel our way to Jaws's six and seven by twenty thirty one. Seven years, we can make it happen, no problem. Uh, second thing is, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Cruel Jaws, and there is only, you know, you go to directed by, you got the screenplay, you got the producers, you got the people starring in it, cinematography. There is only one name with a clickable link, and that is the director. <laughs> Oh my God, Greg! Uh, can I pitch? Uh, so Cruel all the Jaws all the actors are not this year. All the names are not. All the names of the starring actors are not names you can click on. So they must not have been notable enough to have Wikipedia pages. Uh, yeah, we can we can pitch some Hot Boy Summer movies. Is Hot it... Boy Summer Four Cruel Jaws? Get ready for it, people! It's it's we're we're so back. Last year was an off year. We're so back this year, Greg. If I may read uh, the summary of the director, uh, Bruno Mattei was an Italian film director, screenwriter, and editor who directed exploitation films in many draw in many genres. Genres, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> if I may. <laughs> it's its own genre uh in <laughs> directed many exploitation films in many genres including women in prison nunsploitation zombie mondo cannibal and nazi exploitation Matei's films are often followed uh often followed popular genre trends of the era continue to work as a director primarily primarily in the philippines until his death in 2007 Rest in peace to a to a legend, uh, Mr. Bruno Mattei. So, Cruel Jaws is one of his more serious pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you're telling me. That's right. Uh, <laughs> he has a movie. Oh no, this is he was just an editor. Sorry, uh, he does he did direct a movie called SS Girls. Oh boy, I don't know if I want to. I don't, I don't know, know if we're gonna touch I don't cool know if we're gonna... now that I, uh, I'm glad we did this research before Hot Boy Summer happened. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We might just put that in the lost episode pile. <laughs> <laughs> Toss it in the pile. The jail, the women's hell. From <laughs> we'll save it 1995. for uh, save it for a time when Nazis are not part of the present. Uh, I hope we live to see that time when mm. we can do Cruel Jaws, Greg. I, I I yearn for a world where we can, in comfort, watch Cruel Jaws. Maybe maybe we'll leave one to our children. If we may we leave today. the world behind for our children that they may watch Cruel Jaws without <laughs> any guilt or shame about the current state of affairs. I want our podcast to get canceled over Cruel Jaws. I want that to be what takes us down, Greg. If anything would took down cruel jaws as our seasonal arc we're planting the seeds in episode one this is a call to adventure if i've ever heard one greg we just rejected that call because of the nazis but we are going to experience what the filmmakers call 
supernatural aid that forces us to go on this adventure anyways. Are you ready, buddy? I know I'm ready. Bruno Mattei was ready, and so am I. Uh, all right. <laughs> See you at the first threshold, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What other notes do you have, Denny, on heavy metal? How are we feeling, buddy? Well, so... I didn't make a lot of notes on this because I thought it would come up organically, but uh, so far it hasn't. Greg, we're too busy talking about the shorts and heavy metal. (laughs) You know the. What did you think of the content of the movie in general? We haven't really done a lot of that. Oh, (laughs) that little thing. (laughs) That whole thing, yeah. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I feel like it was a nice variety of different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Stuff you would kind of take, like a pulpy sort of serious stuff you're supposed mm-hmm. to find kind of funny. Stuff you would find kind of scary. It was an enjoyable mixed bag of different kinds of things that would like flow from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not always smoothly. We would go from scary to comical, and it would be a little bit jarring that kind of thing, but. I think for the most part, the uh, intended effect was generally achieved. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. As an anthology non-lover, I thought this was totally fine. Flow-wise yeah. between the stories. <clears throat> you know, they seemed organic. I thought the pacing was good uh, of each of them. You know, I would say there's not a bad one in the mix. Uh, I think the worst one has John Candy voicing the protagonist, so there's that. You know, <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for me, the worst one is the one where, like, the white kid has a fantasy of being, like, a giant dicked black guy that, <laughs> like, oh, uh, it just, brother. it just, the whole thing seemed a little bit neckbeard forward with a weird element of race in it that I do not feel inclined to explore further at this time. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those and it went on for a while too, but That was a long one. Okay, that one was kind of bad now that I'm thinking back on it. It had it was at least 10 full minutes, but it was just yeah. like it's yeah, that was one of those ones where it's just like I feel weird watching this movie now. Like, I feel like a sicko in a bad way watching this particular story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That one was a little uncomfortable. I'm glad we got around to this. Um, That one's... Honestly, what I think back on this movie, I think I just kind of ignore that one. Because it's just... You can skip it. It's an anthology. It doesn't matter if you just ignore part of it. Yeah, but on a first watch, I guess I I gotta judge... Yeah, each part is part of the whole. So on on every rewatch, I am like, oh yeah, this one's in it. <laughs> you know when it when it kicks up. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say that's a fair judgment. It could have been a lot better. I won't say that. Um, mm-hmm. Least favorite story. I'm trying to think. I think it it probably would have to be that one. Um, I'm trying to remember all of them. The last one was very long mm-hmm. and did feature the most, like, gratuitous neckbeard fantasy warrior I, woman kind of shit. I don't know. I also felt like it, like, so little happened over such a long period in that one. The the final one. Yeah, I agree. It felt... Um, 
it felt extended for no real reason yeah yeah and it was just like the (laughs) the main character the woman she just she walked so slow you know just so we could get those shots of her walking slow and sexy kind of things you know mm-hmm. it was it felt the most exploitative i guess of an animated woman <laughs> feels weird to say but that's kind of what we're doing here yeah well i mean like like obviously like like this would be described as exploitative nudity you know like mm-hmm. if it were like a movie made today or if it was a movie that was like shot you know like if it was like physical women uh it would be described as exploitative nudity and the spirit of that is definitely there even in animation you know like i i can concede that um and on the other hand um those titties looked pretty good greg those titties in the movie i thought they looked pretty good i can't deny that um there's just two sides there i see both sides is all you I'm just saying. you just drew them big i don't know what to tell you some of us like big titties greg you just you just draw them big all you got all you gotta do is just draw them bigger yeah draw bigger draw biggers greg you've got to understand this was a time before pornography people I, had no, to draw all the no, titties they saw. No. a time before accessible online pornography this isn't cave drawings this is you had to go to a store and buy a physical pornography magazine that you then had to hide somewhere in your home um most most of the titties young men were seeing uh that were of a D persuasion were drawn you had to draw your own titties, by right? themselves yes you had to draw your own titties <laughs> It's what we're missing as a nation. Um, yeah. Homegrowns? Nah, hand drawings. Hand drawings. <laughs> I feel like Biden could really benefit from changing his platform, if you know what I'm saying. Just. <laughs> we used to draw them, you know? Do you guys have a <laughs> heavy metal magazine? <laughs> I want to meet the guy that draws these things, you know? <laughs> Joe, what are you talking about, bud? You speak a good country. Joe. Joe. Joe, what's that drawn on your Trapper Keeper? Did you draw that, Joe? That's obscene. It's, it's the Black Sabbath logo. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Black Sabbath in this movie was ripping and tearing man that was that was great the mob rules yeah dude some killer needle drops favorite favorite jam in the movie favorite jam in the movie was the mob rules by black sabbath it was during that last story we were talking about but Mm -hmm. man it fit the scene song fucking hits man i don't know what to tell you i think uh the difference between you and i is oh sorry go ahead i talked over you i'm sorry i was just muttering to myself that i'm gonna listen to some more black sabbath this week Mm -hmm. go ahead I'd say my favorite is also from the last short, but it is Through Being Cool by Devo, um, with a second runner-up mm. to Working in the Coal Mine from the credits. <laughs> That's my jam, and yeah, we're, we're, we're just oh. two sides of the same coin, you know? We like the same movies or music. Huh. We meet in the middle. Our Yeah, our music taste is surprisingly very, very, very different. Mm. Um, I, I do got to say... I, I remembered my least favorite 
of the short stories. It was the one with the space captain on trial for heinous crimes. Yeah, yeah. Looney Tunes ass cartoon segment. I liked that one. I thought that was fun. It was weird. It was, and then it ends in a very Looney Tunes ass way. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was smart. All right, brother. (laughs) I I thought it was very clever. I'm easy to surprise. Is the thing like I was like, what a twist! Like I don't know. Jack in the box has scared the fuck out of me, man. I don't know what to tell you. Ah, there's a little man in there. It gets him every time, folks. You can just... <laughs> he can't resist. <laughs> He's got to turn the crank. He's got to turn the crank. What else did you crank while watching the rotoscope tape? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Soldier Boy. Um, ah, yes, yes. Ah. Yeah. Now, tell me, you ready to get into the gimmicks, or what else you got? Um, well... Oh, uh, yeah uh no you got you got another thing go ahead i had a couple things um one is i wish the orb on my desk had a green setting because i want it to be the loch nar but it's like the one color it doesn't turn did you watch Um, the movie you don't want it to be the loch nar well i want it to look like the loch nar i want to pretend um god sorry there's so many things i would get tattoos of in this movie um I also wanted to throw out that uh, we promised to talk about it. They blew up the dollhouse. That's just like the in Friday was the 13th Part 7. They really blew it up. <laughs> they really blew it up. Dude, I was I was kind of surprised by that. I had to jump yeah. back a little bit and be like, wait a second. They really blew up some kind of little miniature here. That's so cool. It was really dope, man. And just like... You know, a moment of mixing mediums that I thought worked really well, um, that, that really accomplished an effect. Um, man, I loved that that finale. It was pretty dope. Yeah, it started with like an unexpected stop motion kind of segment, mm-hmm. and then finished with a yeah, exactly like a mixed medium, blowing up the dollhouse kind of like ah, what a finale! Which is like, <laughs> however small it was, it was a real explosion. So it was fun to. It was fun to watch. So yeah, started and ended on very high notes. Yep. Um, but yeah, I can do gimmicks now. I'd say. What about you? I'm into it. Cool. Now we do um, have a new. We have a new gimmick this week. Denny. It's a new gimmick of the week for the new theme. Mm-hmm. It's a very topical one, Denny, because you know it, it. Tis the season. It's award season. You see. First the Grannies and then the Oscars try to steal our thunder, but, you know, it's too late. So we are going to give out the Academy Award for Best Short Film. That is our gimmick of the week this week. The Academy Award for Best Short Film. Denny, this is uh, our favorite uh, mini-segment. I guess this would be the uh, animated short feature category, but uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. What was your favorite uh, skit, segment, story, what, a- what have you? Well, I uh, I actually ranked them all. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> It'll hit be quick. Me. I yeah, didn't know me. the I didn't know the titles, um, so I, <laughs> I just this made them great. up as I went. I've the seen the titles since yeah. <laughs> when I was doing some some research, but I decided to leave them as they were. Um, honorable mention to the dope ass bumpers. We love us some Lochnar, don't we, folks? Um, 
Number six, the weird get out one. Uh, that's where the white guy wants to be black. Uh, number five. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, it was not called that, but yeah. Yes. Number five. No, number five. Cabby. Is alive. Um, Sorry. Number five is alive. Um, God, Johnny Five. Snuck him right in there, Greg. I love that. Um, Cabby uh, that inspired Fifth Element. Um, I actually yes. thought that was uh, it was really good. I actually like all of these, so it coming in fifth place is not an indictment. Um, fourth. Final Flying Fantasy Chick. Um, three, Hanover mm-hmm. Fist, which Greg hated. Two, um, mm-hmm. Stoner Aliens doing Lines of Blow at Work. And number one, uh, the one that is least like the other ones, but most like me, Airplane Swamp Zombies. Um, it was real quick. It was the, the elements of horror really, really popped, and I thought that was the best one. Your face is making me think my jaws on the floor because we picked the same one hot damn that segment is called b17 because of the planes yes it is the segment it is the shortest one like you said but it achieved the best atmosphere i found it the most interesting i really enjoyed that one it felt like it an album cover for an iron maiden record come to life it fucking ripped it was so cool I it's wish it was badass. longer, but like, I don't know how I would extend it. Dude, it was badass as shit. I loved it. Those coolest those, coolest part of the movie. The swamp ghouls, man. I would get those mm-hmm. tattooed on me, man. They were fucking awesome. The skeletal pilot zombies, man. Like it just it all rocks. Dude, it all fuck rocks. Yeah, dude. The consensus. You love to see it. Starting the year on the right foot, agreeing on the gimmick of the week, man. This is a unanimous vote from the Academy for Best Short. We'll see if we can do it twice in a row, Denny, because I I don't know where you're going to go with favorite line, but I can't wait to hear about it. What was your favorite line from Heavy Metal? Honestly, um... We had a few choices. Yeah, none really struck me as powerhouses. Um, There were a lot of, like, quirky, weird little ones. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with, um, from one of the worst ones, uh, the rising moon climaxes our love, Din. It is a sign. Yes, it is a sign. I had no idea what she was talking about. Um, this like lost <laughs> little fantasy boy, deep in lore, with this woman speaking in like, fucking... Like, just like flowery language about cosmic fate and stuff. And he's like totally man yeah yeah babe <laughs> that was yeah. really funny to me um <laughs> what say you what, what choices did you go with uh my runner-up was from the Lochnar. look at me i am the sum of all evils look carefully my own power infests all times all galaxies all dimensions mm. i thought it rocked but my favorite line was also from that same segment you talked about there was no way I was going to walk around this place with my dork hanging out. <laughs> so, those those two back-to-back just make me really happy, I guess. I uh, There's actually a little trivia note about that line I looked up. Um, mm. Apparently, um, and so apparently most of these are based on like uh, comics from the series um, or stories from the series. Um, I don't know what they qualify as. I don't want to offend any. Uh, of the current heavy metal subscribers I, that definitely listen to our podcast yeah um, <laughs> it's like the, the people we got to be really sensitive towards sure yeah yeah um 
But um, that was a nod to uh, American movie censorship um, because in the comic they're just naked because they're in a fantasy society that has like no construct of like nudity and it's like not offensive to them. So it's them like intentionally making a big deal of them having to wear loincloths and stuff. Um, okay. Uh, basically, the here. animators really wanted to draw a big black cock. Um, and those dirty old Margaret Thatcher-ass censors said, no rotoscoping big black cocks in this movie, you animators. It's going to be titties, bush, and nothing else. If you even try to put a big black cock in there, we will shut this movie down, is what they said to them. That's what they said. Yep, and that's what they said in their letter. Yep. In their telegram to the... (laughs) To the creators of this movie. How old is this? All right. Uh, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. In their landline call. In their landline. Uh, in their the fax, fax number. Grr. We're going to send you an aggressive fax. Stop. Uh, <laughs> all right, Denny. What was your critic or score for heavy metal? I should probably pull that up. It's high. Probably higher than it should be. But it's like it's like my vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah um, there you go. Let me see. You feel how you it feel. Is. It is signing in. Why does Critiker always log you out, Craig? What's that about? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's when you like log in on different devices. Well, you're 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 talking about Critiker like it's not a website that was like clearly made in two thousand eight. <laughs> like, I gave Heavy Metal a forty six, and I stand by it. Forty six out of fifty. Okay, that's pretty good. That's uh, probably to too death, good. And it gets. Uh, it gets some bonus points for just being such a standout, unique type of movie. I, I always, you know, like if there's, if you're just like no other, you get a few extra for me. That's special. Yeah, that is, it's like, it's exactly like you were saying with The Big Lebowski. When you're in the mood for it, what else is there besides that itself? So, yeah. totally understand. I think I found myself vibing with it a little bit less um yeah there were a lot of points where i just felt weird watching it i know i understand there's some kind of segments that we can skip entirely but this was my first time watching it so i'm trying to judge it as a whole and for for those who didn't uh listen to the grinnies last week uh there was not a lot of pornography in greg's household and so he was not desensitized to this type of media at an early age that's right i gave this one a 22 out of 40 that's that's how i feel about it i i was a little mid on it but a little bit higher than that Uh, i will say i have watched at least three other movies since the start of 2024 that i ranked lower than that uh two of which i talked about in the what we've been watching segment so uh yeah heavy metal didn't really land with me but i do appreciate the hell out of it and i love how much denny loves it so there it is that Hell is our yeah, first. Sorry, and I you watch a mid movie. Listen, <laughs> I was it's so not your excited fault. about this one. My bad. <laughs> I I said from I said up front, I'm not a big anthology head, so this already wasn't going to win me over very very easily. So um, get ready for another year of me dragging Greg, uh, kicking and screaming through my interest. No, <laughs> we'll, no, we'll try to do some Greg themes. No, no, not the French Dispatch again, Denny. Stop. <laughs> that's uh, don't put that on me. That's the. <laughs> I do like that movie. I, did, I, 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 I wouldn't make you watch it. I wouldn't make you watch it. 
wouldn't correct yeah would please. i would not make you watch that i, I have no Thank desire you. to do the french dispatch on this podcast or to watch it again but i did like it and uh, i thought while we're on the subject since we're not going to cover it not his best narrative but in my opinion some of wes anderson's best filmmaking techniques are on display in the french dispatch i guess but man what a tonal fucking mess i just didn't <laughs> i don't know whatever you yeah know, i guess we're Greg, not covering if you it. don't understand how to like subversively start a revolution and also have owen wilson ride a bike explaining a small town to you in the same breath like i don't know what to tell you greg if those things don't go together if you don't want 20 minutes of owen wilson describing ordinary things on a bike then maybe the movie's not (laughs) who would want that my eyes are rolling so far back into my head that they're making slot machine noises at the moment (laughs) the first short does suck okay i'll I'll say that the owen wilson on the bike one sucks i'll admit that And hey, if 20 minutes of your movie fucking sucks, I don't care what the rest of it's like. That's a huge detriment to your score, I guess I would say. Um, I don't know. I'm not in the mood for that much whimsy all the time, so fuck off with that nonsense. We'll be doing Prisoners this year, ladies and gentlemen, when Greg gets to pick the movie. Yay! (laughs) Prisoners! No whimsy in Greg's themes. Prisoners! People are clamoring. We want to have fun on this podcast. Do prisoners. Prisoners. Polytechnic. Polytechnic. Um, yeah. The other Denny Villeneuve movie. Yeah, that we're not we'll try do. to make it less whimsical next time. Uh, speaking of good directors uh, directing movies that aren't really famous. I, I, you know, whatever. Lesser known work from famous directors. Denny, next week... It's my turn. It's my yes. turn to pick something. Me pick. Me, me, me pick. I'm going to pick director. Good director. I've been watching a lot of lately, mostly because of this podcast. Uh, Mr. Kurosawa, you may have heard mm. of. He directed a color film in 1990 called Dreams, and it is an anthology movie. Oh. And we're going to be talking about it next week. It is a series of dreams of his uh from later much later in his life i'm not sure when he passed away but uh yeah we're gonna talk all about it next week when we cover dreams from 1990 how cool is that your mouth Don't is a gate shit this sounds fucking awesome man i'm so here for this yeah dude. i mean um, it's no owen wilson on a bike i mean he didn't but know about all curacao was a hack <laughs> right yeah this this guy is a total amateur because he uh of course uh didn't put owen wilson on a bike not once during his career uh he did pass away in 1998 is what i'm seeing here at the ripe old age of 88 years old so Damn. Uh, some dreams of his we're gonna talk about him watch him that's gonna be our little anthology for next week because like i said i don't know shit about anthology so i just i just picked one that i thought i might like that we hadn't already covered god yeah let's fucking go brother as an anthology head i'm feeling uh like a bit of a melvin right now you know like Mm. uh, a poseur 
um, for Ooh, not even knowing there's a fucking Kurosawa <laughs> anthology and it's about trippy shit. Let's fucking go. Oh, I'm I'm very excited, and hopefully we can cover more films of his later on in the year. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Uh, maybe, maybe, baby, baby. All right. Well, that's going to be next week. Thank you guys for joining us, Denny. Um, you know, I, I the Academy Award for Best Animated Short has been dished out by us just now to a movie that came out 33 years ago. Yes. Sorry, 43 years ago. I forgot how math worked. But um, I don't think the Academy recognizes best catchphrase. Would you mind enlightening them? Best catchphrase. Yes, of course. I'd be happy to. Ladies and gentlemen. Didn't we, we did this bit last week. I can't do the envelope thing, yeah, can I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, there's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, bud. Keep my catchphrase out your motherfucking mouth. For Greg Work, the Legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When... We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge?